Right, Harry, are you all set? I am ready, yes. Lovely. Let me bring this up. I just want to check something quickly. Hello and welcome to the Motor Mouth Podcast with Harry Benjamin and Tim Sylvie. This is the place where we meet some of the biggest names in and around motorsport, chat about their lives and everything in between. Another week, another podcast. Are you bored of us yet? Of course not. Uh, And we have got a cracker of an episode for you this week. We linked up with a touring car legend, Mr. Tom Chilton, champion and race winner, having rose to fame through the World Touring Car Championship and, of course, the British Touring Car Championship. He's a top bloke who is still enjoying an incredible career. And we sat down with him over Zoom, of course, to chat all things career, family life, that take-me-out appearance, and whether he'd prefer scales or fur that'll make sense at the end of the episode thank you so much to you guys who continue to download and listen if you like it please do leave us a review it really helps us to get bigger and enjoy welcome to episode 23 of the motormouth podcast as always before we introduce today's guests i need to shimmy over to southeast england to the land that brought us the longest pleasure pier in the world and introduce not only the tallest man i know but now with lockdown the man with the tallest hair i know harry benjamin how are you yeah, I'm really in two minds about shaving my own hair. It's really becoming quite uh, thick and horrible. But um, someone, I put it on my Instagram, my my old hairdresser follows me on Instagram and was like, do not shave it all off. It will grow back like carpet. So uh, I think that's an advice for everyone. Don't shave your own hair. It won't. Uh, it'll be fine. Off. I put a thing yeah. on um, Instagram about whether you should shave it off or not. And fortunately, oh, yeah. it ended in your favour. But I'm going to try Thank again for that. Until, you, until you have to shave it off. And allowed to shave it off? No, the day that happens will be a terrible day. I can't ever shave my beard off ever. I look like I'm seven years old again. Uh, how, how's uh, lockdown life for you? Still going? Same, week? same, same. Homeschooling, yeah. uh, clearing up 24/7 after annoying children. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've got nothing. I've got. I, I'm running still. Still running. 5k oh, yeah. a day. Um, oh, get that in there. Yeah, get that in there. Did an exercise class this morning. That's about it. I've given up on my Joe Wicks. It's terrible. Yeah, well, no yeah. staying power. Anyway, look, nah. let me introduce today's guest. Let's um, do it. So today's guest is a touring car legend and one of the nicest guys you're ever likely to meet in a racing paddock. He's currently, when not confined to lockdown, racing with BTC Racing in the British Touring Car Championship, a series he first appeared in back in 2002 behind the wheel of a Vauxhall Astra Coupe at just 17 years old. Fast forward through a stint in the World Touring Car Championship, Tom Rick- returned to uh, the British scene in 2017 with Power. Matt's racing. He's a multiple race winner, trophy hunter and championship victor and now looks forward to stepping into the Civic Type R when we finally get racing back underway. Ladies and gents, welcome Tom Chilton. How are you, my friend? Hello, everyone. Oh, look at that. Round of applause. I love that. Just for you. No one else gets that. How's things in lockdown? Do you know what? It's it's very different, isn't it? Um, I'm not going uh, 200 miles an hour around a race circuit. I'm homeschooling three boys under six years old, which is pretty hard. Um, I have a very small garden, so it's quite tough. Um, I think the neighbours keep closing their windows because they're quite noisy. Um, But it's... uh, do you know what, mate? Everyone's doing it. Yeah. Everyone around the country is in the same boat. You've just got to get on with it yep. and uh, make sure you can do the best you possibly can. It's it's a great chance to really have some, you know, good quality time with the family. Mm, absolutely. Um, and uh, they can't get away with anything here because we're obviously going to stamp down on it. Whereas at school, they might get away with a few things, you know. Yeah. So, hey, are, you, are you Mr. Chilton uh, at home? Yeah, I'm, I'm Sir. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I've, been, I've been debating on putting them in their school uniform. Uh, really? Mindset. You know, as, as a professional sportsman, it's all about the mindset, isn't yeah. it? So I'm quite yeah, you're, yeah, you're there wearing your kit. They should be oh, as yeah. well. I'm having a podcast, but I've got my B2C Racing. Yeah, very smart. On. Yeah, lovely shade of pink they have, by the way. It's fuchsia colour, they fuchsia. tell me. Fuchsia. <laughs> Huge apologies. <laughs> <laughs> now listen Tom um, we like to keep things very sophisticated and highbrow here so the first question we're going to ask you uh, let's start as we mean to go on take me out tell me all about it what what was going through your mind when you went on take me out all those years when, ago when I was doing my research for this uh, that was the first video I stumbled across and I immediately tasted him being like what <laughs> he was yeah, on take me out I, I look at it now and go what as well um, things you do sponsorship um, so <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't defined true love I can I can promise you that uh, I had no problem in that area this was purely uh, a sponsorship 
I, I, I linked it together with the Top Gear I was doing. So um, I did the the double episode, literally was out a couple of weeks before, which was when I had to roll the double-decker bus and I had to race Jeremy Clarkson in a, in a white M3. And, mm. uh, and I know he was in a blue Lexus. Um, and, uh, yeah, and they went straight on to take me out. So I had another 6 million viewers live, got replayed a lot on ITV4. So it was just, I was trying to get Scorchcroft, a hair gel sponsor. As you all know, I was kind of famous for my hair. Yes, yeah. My driving. And um, now it's very much to date these days. But the day, <laughs> a nickname Sonic and had spiky hair. And if you actually pick up a, a Scorchcroft product now, look on the back of the, the gels and small print, it says helmet hair proof. Um <laughs> That's how close I got to getting that deal together. Uh, but it fell through, sadly, at the last oh, minute. There's still time. Um, You've still got lovely hair. Time, yeah. But that was what I was pushing for, to get a hair gel sponsor. And, and, and it worked really well with with uh, Take Me Out, purely for the fact it was Talkback Thames TV who were doing it, who uh, was at the Granada Studios in Manchester, where we filmed, which is exactly where X Factor was the, the weekend before. Um, so it was like the same audience Saturday evening, yeah. same company, same stage. So it was kind of, it was a good crowd, you know. So that, mm. that was purely it, mate. Um, yeah. But I did meet a lovely girl called Callie, who's, um, who was a lovely girl. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't meant to be. But I, as you know, I went on that show for one reason only. And, uh, and, and a free holiday, you know, Isle of Fernando. Holiday, free holiday. You, you made it to the Isle of Fernando? No, I didn't. I went to Fernando's, the, the restaurant. Um, oh. Coco Lounge in Manchester. <laughs> uh, oh, so it was, it was purely a tactical move then. It was tactical. Everything I do is tactical, mate. Oh, Everything. He's clever. He's a clever there. sausage, this one. Um, right, well, let's, let's get serious. So let's take it back to the beginning when did racing become a thing for you when did you think this is it this is the path I want to go down do you remember that moment uh, I remember having a lot of fun as a kid in fields whether it was in Ford Escort Mark IIs when I was 8 years old or quad bike when I was 11 but it wasn't like past my racing car licence National B at 13 years old 10 months was when I realised I could potentially be a racing driver um, but it didn't really dawn on me properly until I entered the British Touring Cars um, when I was 17 years old in my first ever race I finished third um, and you were the youngest at the time, I think, to get a podium. Is that right? I still am. Still I are. Still am the youngest to get a podium. I was only, I was only about what was I, eighteen days or something past turning. Um, it wasn't even that actually. Everything was fifteen. No, less than that. It was about thirteen days or something after turning seventeen years old was my first race. Right. Um, had you, had so you passed your actual driving license, your road car? I, I hadn't even driven on L plates on the road by this. <laughs> wow. And I, and I finished third on the podium with Matt Neal and Dan Eves, and I actually hit off Anthony Reid and Tim Harvey because they insulted <laughs> me in Autosport magazine the week before. Double page spread. This kid should be in school, they said. No. I was like, I'll show you, boys. <laughs> is that right? They, they, that is the true story. Wow. That's why I hit them both off in that race because they both insulted me. Just going back to your when you were 17 and getting that podium so early, how did that affect you mentally? Did you think, did it lull you into a full sense of security or do you think it stood you in good stead moving forwards? No, it was good. I, I liked to, I liked an early podium, obviously. You, you start thinking, I don't know if I should be here. I'm quite young, you know, like I've still got an awful lot to learn. Um, and, and the rest of the year became a lot harder. And I then got really an independent win at Knock Hill in the rain, I seem to remember. Um, I can't remember if I got any other podiums. I think that might have been it in the first year. Uh, but I think we just had a lucky streak to start with and we went testing and it helped. Um set the car up nicely but we, we were always on the back foot because we were an independent we didn't have the budget so we didn't quite have um, all, all, the, all the kit if you like to try and make it go as fast um, but it was really good getting that off my shoulders and I, I sadly didn't win the next year in 2003 I didn't win till the year after in 2004 when I was 19 years old at Silverstone which was a great first win I went from 10th to 1st at Silverstone wow but it doesn't get much better than that and it was a dry race it wasn't like people were falling off and it was wet yeah uh, the only thing was that Matt Neal and Anthony Reid got in a bit of a scruff and I was just kind of like laughing as I was driving past to take the win. Uh, <laughs> ended up hitting each other off side on side, but it was Anthony Reid style, which is uh, is uh, is quite exciting to watch when, when he's on track. Um, but, as you were going up, growing up and going through the ranks, was touring cars always on your radar? Was that the series that you wanted to be in or were you looking, you know, at, was it whatever you could get or did you have a sort of, did you have a, a career in mind and, and that was what you wanted? Yeah, so 
my brother and me are very different um, in size, uh, basically. So Max is like a skeleton, so he's always on the single-seater karting route. And I've I've always tried my hardest to stay fit, but, you know, me fits 13 stone to 14 stone, whereas his fit is a lot lighter. Um, So that makes a big difference on what you can drive competitively. Um, So I've always had to be really in tin tops. Although I have had a dabble in LMP1 cars and won two out of five races, it still hurts me. I see to my teammates, I can never be quite as quick because I'm just heavy. Mm. Um, Because you can't ballast up a light driver. It's a minimum, you know, it doesn't work like that, sadly. Right. so for me, the, the British touring cars has always really kind of been the right thing for me. But at a young age, why we decided to go there was purely for sponsorship. Uh, it had ITV. Um, those days, ITV won. Um, and do you know what? You always go for the TV deals. You don't bother with any other form of racing unless you don't feel that you're fast enough as a driver because you need to go for the TV packages because that's how you can ask for more money from sponsors. And I was very lucky when I was 17. Calibre was my first sponsor. It's obviously a non-alcoholic beer, which was perfect at 17. Yeah. Um, yeah. I couldn't drink enough cans of the stuff though. Um, <laughs> yeah, about a thousand cans and you know a couple hundred grand in cash but I couldn't drink all the cans they started going off in my cellar oh, uh, and I tried drinking a lot of it in one go and I started getting a headache and I was like I'm dehydrated from drinking non-alcoholic beer so um <laughs> That's not that one on my head. <laughs> but you've had to work really hard at your fitness, haven't you? I mean, you, to, to the point where you've had sponsors that, that specialise in weight loss. And how hard do you have to get to train to get yourself in shape? I know you, you've you yo-yoed over the years and you're incredibly fit now. I've seen some of your pictures on on your socials with your six-week challenge. But how much of, a, of an issue is it for you and how hard do you have to work to keep in shape? Do you know what? For me, it's always been a huge, huge issue. And as you know, Light to Life Fast was one of my sponsors, the 5-2 Diet. And yeah. I always say, yo-yo's a no-no. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've done every diet fad going, basically, to, to do what I can. But um, this year, my new training is nose breathing and sort of doing longer distances and, and Hold on. more distancy. N- nose breathing? Nose breathing. So in through the nose and out through the mouth. If as soon as you need to open your mouth to breathe in, if you're going up a hill, you're pushing too hard. <sighs> so oh, it, if you open up your mouth, you obviously can go faster. That's a no-brainer because it's an air restrictor like on an engine. Um, but if you can always maintain your training, nose breathing, um, you'll fat burn. You'll definitely fat burn better because you're in zone sort of one, two. That's a life changer. Uh, and you can do it every day or twice a day every day because you're not going to be overly fatigued. And that is the key to training and staying fit is consistency. In my old days, I used to go out and hammer myself for like three hours or something. And then I need four days off because I'm just wrecked and I need a physio. And like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and I've learned that that is the wrong way to train. Yeah. You're better off just holding yourself back and doing it more regularly. British touring cars, once you've arrived there, um, you're in, you've got that podium under your belt. What, what's what's next are you are you is it hard not to sort of reach a glass ceiling quite quickly because you've made it to the championship that you you had your eyes on and i suppose how do you stop it from getting boring ask matt now he's been in it 30 mm. years yeah well that's I've the thing has sometimes play so. i've been in 16 years which i i oh, think yeah. is a long time but but matt is is double he's 30 years um, and you know what? Every year, it, I swear it gets more competitive. Or I'm getting slower. I don't think I'm getting slower. <laughs> I think more competitive. Yeah. Uh, and everyone's uh, a typical motorsport is always trying to make their cars faster and faster and faster. Um, and and everyone nowadays, um, I think, are doing more simulator work. And you know what? That does help these younger kids coming up through the ranks out of the box. They're a little bit faster, a little bit more confident. Um, and. Uh, I think that's why it's never boring because it's always mm. changing. It's not like, you know, I don't want to say an accountant, for example, goes in and pulls his computer up and he has to just punch in numbers every day. That for me doesn't change other than the number, but it's, it's the same. Yeah. Whereas with this, every time it's a slightly different temperature or, or they've done something different to the tarmac or you've got different success ballast in your car, you need a different setup, you've got different mm. tire compounds. We have three different tire compounds now. Yeah, um, and two different brake pad compounds. All this changes everything. 
And so you're always evolving and changing. And so for me, it's never boring. And I've, I've got so much passion and, and love for what I do. I don't think I'll ever get bored of it, ever. Good. So no plans to quit anytime soon. Definitely not. Excellent. Not That's what we like to hear. But you've dabbled in other forms of racing. You did a 1,000-kilometre um, race alongside Max, right, at Silverstone. Did, do you enjoy that form of racing? So I liked doing it in terms of I like getting on my CV and I like saying that I've raced at all these circuits and I've won Nürburgring 1000K and I've won Laguna Seca, but I don't want to get back in it. I don't really want to get back in it because it's huge downforce. It's not mechanical grip. I love mechanical grip. I like going sideways and those things, you set them up. I'm going to be honest with a little bit of understeer um, because when the oversteer happens at 180 miles an hour, it's it's not a controllable one usually. It's usually a snap, violent oversteer. That's just down to your, your hole of wing on the back or yeah. the millimetre of ride height. And for me, it's kind of, you're a bit of a passenger um, and I like to actually feel what I'm doing. Um, and when I'm racing up close to people in the touring cars, I can be two, three abreast and still have a good time, you know, on the limit. What is the most terrifying circuit you've you've been on, either racing or just, you know, setting setting lap times in a track car? Norschleifer, surely. So I think the Norschleifer's easier than, I think, Villarreal. What? I think Villarreal, I know. It's a, it's a weird one, isn't it? I think Villarreal, which Sir Sterling Moss said was the, the best racing circuit in the world, I mm. think is the hardest. Um, uh, I think it was quite challenging. Uh, I finished second there, but the Neuschleifering, I found it easier once I learned the circuit after a few hours of driving it because the corners pretty much do this. They kind of, they roll into the apex mm. and you always let go of the steering wheel and it like drives itself. It like turns you into the corners. And yeah, it's the biggest adrenaline buzz in the world when you're flying around that circuit. I mean, it's the most exciting circuit to drive as the Neuschleifering mm-hmm. in my mind. Uh, but the one which I probably get the most nervous driving is, is Villarreal which is a street circuit more so than Macau or um, or, or other Marrakesh as well other street circuits yeah. in Porto I think that Villarreal one is probably the one there's a corner one corner is what I'm really thinking of it goes down a hill you know the limiter in six gears you're in about 170 miles an hour and you go in flat but you can only go in flat at the end of Saturday when the circuit's a bit clean because it's a, a road circuit and new tyres and you're going in faster because you've got a bit more horsepower for qualifying. You come out the last corner a bit quicker because you've got new tyres. And it's the first time you do it flat. And you're like, how am I going to make it? And you oh. make sure your, your wing mirror misses the barrier by like a few inches. You don't hit it because then you'll ping ball off and go through the barrier into a few houses. Just miss it. And as it's going down this hill, it's, it's accelerating so fast, your, your heart's in your mouth. It's going down a hill and it turns left and the camera falls away. So... You're turning and flat and it wants to oversteer. But if you lift at that point there, obviously you'll get more pitch on the front. You'll get more downs on the front. You'll get even more oversteer. So as much starts oversteering, you start going, I think I might hit the barrier. You've got to keep it flat. And then you've got the white lines on the exit. And then it like, it then sort of jumps. And then it, you think it grips, it hits these painted white lines. And then it, it bumps again. You go, oh, and then your mirror at 170 miles an hour feels like it's in your right eye and you're missing the barrier by inches. And then you've got to break while turning again into the chicane. You've got to go from sixth to second gear. You jump over these giant sausage curves. And every lap, you don't know if you're going to make it. And it's just like insane. And always life ring is fast, all right? It's six gear, lots of first six gear corners. You're drifting, left foot braking. And it's like, it's like, it feels like art to drive that on the limit. It's mm. a lot smoother circuit, even though it's bumpy. The tarmac's smooth, it's not a street circuit. And that is a different type of driving. And that I love as well. Hence, I got the lap record round that in 2000. Mm. All of that sounds terrifying and is exactly the reason why yeah. I don't want to be a racing driver. But I can also see why that is exactly the reason why someone would want to be yes. a racing driver. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, people, we don't condone driving around the Nordschleife without using your hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you let go and it does it all for it you. Does it all for, it's fine. Was it, but Macau's pretty mental. Was that the one where uh, it was a few years ago where there was an enormous pileup which ended up with nearly yeah. all the cars stationary? That's right. I mean, I was in, in one of those in the world touring cars and there was one just before us in the GT race. Um, and I came down the, the hill into the same corner. Someone locked up and hit the barrier. I'm pl- flying down this hill in fifth gear and I'm like, you can't go left or right. Got nowhere to go. Yeah. The and you crash and someone hits you behind and then it's just a pinball effect. 
Um, but, but that was crazy. That was in practice that happened, I think, to us. Right. And then on the race day, it was pouring with rain. And I've been to Macau, I don't know, eight times, something, I can't remember, quite a few times we've been to Macau. But I've never been there when it's rained. Not on a race day. Had like a practice session a bit damp. I've never on a race day. It was pouring, mate, like monsoon pouring. I was going down the going down the straight, and there's four lanes, like the M25 there. And at one point, I'm in like lane two, for example, keeping the lock dead straight, flat out of sixth gear. The next thing, I'm in lane four, and I haven't moved the steering wheel. I was like, I've just acclimated. I'm wheel spinning, fifth and sixth gear, wheel spinning. And there's hotels, you know, like 120 floors going past your your head at sort of 160, 170 miles an hour. And, and as soon as you hit the brake at the end of the straight to Lisboa, you don't even hit the brake pedal hard. I'm not even joking. And the engine locks. It goes quiet in the car. It's the engine stall. Oh, Christ. And then you, ha- you, you left it braking and then you have to whoom, hit the throttle and you go down the gear to then get the engine going again to get the wheels moving. So that's how you get the water flowing out the tyres. and God. Sweet. And every lap Jesus. you're braking locked up. I locked up for 40 metres every lap in that race. And I went, I finished third and got on the podium. But I, <laughs> I literally, I locked up for yeah, 40, 50 metres every lap, engine quiet in the car. And you're like, I'm going straight on through the cut through. <laughs> and you think the cut through is not long enough when you first lock up because you're going 170 miles an hour. And you hit the brake pedal and you go, no, that cut through is not long enough. We're going to the, we're going to end up in the hotel behind that. And then it just about grips. It's like, and that is when like the diff's like trying to scramble for grip and the wheels looking up, trying to get the throttle going again on each gear because it keeps going to lock up and going. It's quite honestly, it's the, it's it's it's, it's making it's, my heart race. <laughs> just crazy. Every lap you think you're potentially going to go straight on and maybe take out people in front of you, but and then you end up third. That's not too shabby. <laughs> yeah. um, what what say is the best race car then you've ever driven? That car, the Citroen. Yeah. The, the Citroen CLC was Sebastian Loeb Racing um, in its second year. First year, we're still figuring it out a little bit, if I'm honest. Um, and I was still learning to drive the car as well. Um, it, it was something very different to what I'd ever driven before. Uh, and the second year I was in it, I, I learned how to drive it, learned what we needed to do to set up at different circuits. And it was the best car I've ever driven. It's it's the best touring car ever. I only get these old DTM cars, which are real drive. They are mm-hmm. the, the old school, you know, like the old Mercedes, BMW, DTM cars. Well, they had all the crazy downforce. Those were the best real drive touring cars, but the best front wheel drive touring cars on the planet ever, definitely, are these TC1 world touring cars which don't exist anymore you can't race them anymore it's called no. TCR uh, but that was um, that was with Sebastian Lowe's independent team right and that's so presumably that was a customer to the, the Citroen teams that, that were running their works cars with yeah. their huge budgets I'm just trying to think back to that time that's and right, yeah. so you were racing an amazing car but didn't have the budgets that those big works team works Citroens did was that frustrating you know that must have been really annoying knowing you're in the same machinery but you can't compete because of money it was a very big difference in budget um for sure uh but you know I think especially like racing were very very professional they did get some great sponsors uh on the car and we did have a very very good budget but you know our budget was uh probably 30 million euros shy of the works team put it into perspective but our cars look like brand new every time we went out yeah we never had failure really reliable um and what and, a guy to work uh, with and what a guy yeah i mean the team was epic it's the best team I, I've, I've worked with it was basically a formula one spec um present teams excluded obviously well sorry the present team excluded obviously btc racing obviously <laughs> um but uh it, it for me i was there for two years and you know we ended up being world touring car champions in class and third overall and the third overall meant a lot to me because that broke up the works volvos and hondas who were spending sort of 30 to 40 million euros um each to run three car teams you know so there's like six works cars and i finished third and i beat i beat rob puff as a world champion before in the same machinery as me i'm eddie banani who was uh the the uh world independent champion the year before um, and uh, and I beat them all in the same car. So for me, that was a very special year. Um, and that was the, the best race of my life, really, that, that last race, because it, it all had to happen in that race. And yeah. I started fifth, and my teammate was first because uh, of the reverse grid. So I had to fight through the field. Uh, and I managed to overtake him and pull out a couple of second lead right at the end. And it was... Uh, it was definitely definitely exciting race because we went wheel to wheel a few times and we were drifting and you know anything could happen you could get a punch or whatever it's all game over but 
prayed to the right God and it all worked. It was marvellous. Good times, really good times. Remember it well. And then, and then you moved on um, to, I never know how to pronounce it, whether it's Roll or Raul, um, Raul Motorsport, alongside um, social media um, monster Tom Coronel, who seems to yeah. be... Oh, my God. Uh, yes. Just following the world. Uh, so He's the nicest, nicest teammate I've ever had, Tom Coronel. He's the funnest... <laughs> um, most honest <laughs> racing <laughs> I've ever worked with. And Real Motorsport was a, a fantastic team. The RO st- stood for Roberto Ravaglia, legend. Um, and uh, the AL stood for Aldo. And the team was great. And Tom Coronel from Holland with his Dutch accent, just every time he spoke, made me laugh. <laughs> uh, but he was a great driver, a great teammate. Um, and uh, he taught me an awful lot if I'm completely honest uh, in how to enjoy yourself and yeah. be fast at the same time and you know what that that's a big part of it I think you know a lot of this uh, sport is mental but if you focus too hard on silly areas you end up not being natural at it it's like I think golf's a good analogy so if you got to a golf ball and you try and hit a golf ball really hard or it's a really important shot you're usually going to just muck it up you're going to miss it it's going to go right you're going to hit the ground too much something will go wrong but if the shot means nothing and you don't need to hit it very far and you just swing it'll go dead straight and it'll be a lovely shot no vibrations through the hands you know the, you don't want to chuck your club out of your bag you know you think that was a really nice shot and you didn't try and that's the same with motorsport if you're relaxed and happy yeah, everything comes together really nicely and that's kind of what I learned from Tom really but, yeah. So you learn a lot from him. Have you had a, a hero growing up, racing or otherwise? Um, I think Jim Clark is is the best racing mm. driver to ever walk the planet. Um, he did a, he did so many different things, you know, from you know, British touring cars to um, Indy cars to Formula One, and he was, he was two times world Formula One champion. You know, not as many now as like Lewis Hamilton or Sebastian mm. Smith or you know all these boys, Mark Schumacher, but. Um, he, I just feel like in those days it was mechanical grip and uh, that's what I'm about. I'm not about all this downforce malarkey. I'm about mechanical grip and he was driving cars, which was all about the feel, you know, and so I respect him and I think he's the best racing driver. And and when you left World Touring Cars um, as it was then and returned to British Touring Cars, how did that feel coming back after a few years out? Do you know what? It was really nice coming back to see all my fans. Uh, he's same faces, mate. It's it's crazy. You leave you leave something after being in it for ten years, and you come back you know, sort of four or five years later, and it's all the same guys in it. <laughs> right. You can just leave it and come back. Um, it's a bit like watching EastEnders. You know, you can leave it for like a few years and come back, and it's all the same. Really. Yeah, Phil's um, still there. Like that for British touring cars, but the the fans are growing. The the uh, the TV audience is growing. Um, and the grid's always growing it always feels like Um, and it was just really nice to come back Uh, my first year back was a bit of a learning year to learn the new NGTC regulations I didn't focus too hard on it Um, it was just more clicking gears and getting used to all the different tyres and how it all works Um, I was really focusing that year on the world touring cars which is where I did well then I came back and I said right now I'm just doing the British just going to focus on that and I finished third overall in the British touring cars Um, and then uh, last year was a bit of a struggle because I was in the oldest car on the grid I was in a seven year old car um, and uh, it was was tired the chassis was tired I, I did best when it rained or uh, low grip circuit as soon as I had a high grip circuit I was really struggling especially if I had any success ballasting chassis couldn't take it but Motorbase have built a new Ford now and I'm sure that would be great um, but I've made the right decision this year 2020 going to BTC Racing um, with what I feel is the, the best opportunity for me to win the British Touring Car Championship this year although I'm not sure when well that's the thing yeah, yeah. Is it, where, what's the latest with British Touring Cars and, and perhaps a, a provisional calendar revised calendar even they have they released anything on their socials they have yeah so it's going to be four race meetings in august right we'll start on the first weekend of august and every weekend is a race weekend that's going to be so hard on the mechanics and uh, the cars you know it's really going to be tough uh but that's the plan at the moment i'm not sure on crowds or mm-hmm. any of that stuff um that's all going to be announced later on um, and then we've got two races in September two races in October and one in November and you know 
I'm not sure if they'll do some night races if it's in November. Get some floodlights Ooh. up because it'll be yeah. dark, won't it, by five o'clock? That'd be, be quite cool. Exactly. That'd be cool. Mm. That'd be cool. Get some glow in the dark paint on, you know. <laughs> Go faster stripes. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's all quite exciting, really, because, you know, I've done this for 16 years, so I don't mind a bit of a shake up because yeah. it's been monotonous for me for so long. So it's quite nice to, to have a bit of a shake up. Um, and uh, spend some quality time with the family. Oh, well, yeah. touch wood, it all comes together and we actually see some racing. Um, now, something very important for you here, Tom. Um, it's about this time of the show, we like to test our guest knowledge. We're going to do that with you, so I'm going to pass over to my esteemed colleague to tell you more. Yes, Tom Shilton, welcome to Motormouths, the hardest quiz in motorsport, uh, as verified by uh, Will Buxton, who we had on the other week. Uh, he he really struggled, but still with a with a good good point on the board. Um, I have got four clips for you. I'm, we're going to play you, uh, and I'm going to ask you some questions about each clip. There are three points up for grabs for every clip, and then a bonus question. So in total, you could get. 13 points. No one has got that. Brendan Hartley is the closest with 12 and a half. He sits at the top. Uh, and Karun Chandok is last with three and a half points. So that's the one to beat at the moment. Uh, the, we have another British touring car driver on there. We've got uh, Bobby Thompson. Oh, yeah. Is uh, currently in 15th position. Pretty poor show. Seven points. So that's what, what, let's put that as your, as your low barrier to, to beat. Um, let's get clip one on. Here it comes. Take note. I think you know what that is. I, I, I was on Take Me Out and I was playing the saxophone to the song Tequila. <laughs> Absolutely. Can yeah. you tell me, though, what year was it? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he, thought he, he thought he nailed that. Oh, my golly gosh. What That's just one about? point for Take Me Out on the saxophone. 2010. That is correct. And for yeah. another point, can you tell me what episode number it was? It was series one, episode four. Oh, you nailed it. Good start. Three, out of three for that one. Solidly you nailed it. <laughs> right, that is a strong start. Okay, let's move on to clip number two. What is happening when and where? Have Here a listen. Okay, he's off, I think. Oh, no, it's one of the Vauxhalls that's off. And Chilton's in trouble. He's on the grass as well. And so's Turkington. And we've got cars off at the complex. Well, it's been so clean today. Oh. Anyway, this is it gets tough. Always struggling. <laughs> Chilton and Turkington are off at the complex. Yep, and there's some voxels involved. The question is, which voxels? I've done three, four years in voxel. The complex. It's early. Yeah, which early track days. is a complex, or is referred? Well, I mean, was referred to as the complex. Could be oh, quite a few. Mm, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. It's a British uh, track. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me a clue on year? Because I've done four years in Vauxhalls. Um, so. I've done um, 357 race starts in the British touring cars. Don't right? make excuses. Yeah, okay. It makes um, it harder. No, um, what if I said mid 2000s? Oh, well, that's pretty, that's a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So it would have been. Um, I'm trying to think if we had an instant in the Astral, the Vectra. Oh, mate. What do you think happened? Have you. Don't know. Oh, Don't know. Okay. I usually know these type of answers in a split second, and I'm literally... Yeah, we've got it. So this, this, is, this is you taking out two voxels at the start of the race at Thruxton in 2005. Any memory of that? You seem like drawing a blank there. <laughs> 2005, I wasn't driving a voxel. No, oh, you weren't. No, you, weren't. you weren't in the voxels. Uh, oh. we see, we've thrown him here. Oh, you throw me. That's, I thought you said Chilton and the Vauxhall's taken out. Turkey. No, you you are not in a Vauxhall. That's You've just I, taken them out. That's why I was trying to think of the years, 2007, uh, 2008. Well, oh, I'm afraid black. we've drawn a blank on that one. I was in the black Lego you... Star Wars car at Thruxton. I, did, I was leading and I had a puncher and I went off at church. Yeah. 
Um, so I lost the race. And then I was probably frustrated the next time. Oh, I remember I tried uh, out breaking everybody up the inside at the yep. complex on the right-hander. Yeah, there it is. I went through and I took out everybody. Straight off. <laughs> it's all coming back so to me now, mate. He blocked it out. Why many points did I run out of time? I remember it now. Uh, mm, I think uh, you can have something for that. You can have half a point. How does that sound? Half a point? Half a point out of three. Half point out of three, yeah. It's a tough quiz. Tough quiz, Tom. Hardest quiz in most of No, one point, one point. It's not half point. Listen to him, he's driving a hard but Harry, I'm going to leave this with you. I'm not getting involved. Definitely well, hey, look, you, at the moment, you're on three and a half already, so you're not going to come last. So He wants to come first. I'll buy you a beer. That's definitely a point. Probably a non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> you know what? Fine. You know what? Fine. You get one point. I'll give in. Right. You've got four points on the board. Right. Let's see if you can get any more. Let's hear clip number three. What's going on? Where and when? This time last year, and this round's now replaced Sonoma, I qualified pole and won there, and I've just done the same thing here. So there's maybe something in my blood. Oh, he's struggling again. He's struggling again. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the last point you get uh, <laughs> we could give him yeah hang on yep this time last year and this round's now replaced Sonoma I qualified pole and won there and I've just done the same thing here so there's maybe something in my blood we could give a clue here I've replaced it replaced Sonoma for a pole at another circuit uh, in so the world of touring cars, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, what replaced Sonoma? Where did I qualify pole? I didn't qualify pole in Argentina. I'm trying to think what replaced that. Well, we could give him the team. Could do. So the- <laughs> oh, yeah, got a place that was Beijing. Yeah, ah, yes. It was Boom. Beijing Golden Port in the Rail Motorsport yes. Chevrolet Cruise. Yes. Yes, precisely. What, what year? What year? Come on. Coming. You can do it. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't want to lose this. Now. 19, 18, 17. You get the year, you're drawn level with Bobby. 2015. Oh, one out. 2014. So close. It hurts. That's all right, though. That's two out of three for that round. You've still got one more clip to play and then a bonus question. So there are still some more points up for grabs. Okay, let's have clip number four, please. This is is easy. You'll get this. Winner, Tom Chilton. Youngest ever guy to win a race in the BTCC Championship. What's that got to do with... Okay, so what is happening there? And then... Uh, there's a couple other questions off the top of that so what's going on there I'm guessing I was talking about my first ever win in Silverstone 2004 is what I'm guessing I'm going to get Tim to play the clip again yeah let me listen to it again here it comes winner Tom Chilton youngest ever guy to win a race in the BTCC championship what's that got to do we recognise those voices are you guys interviewing me no no I can't think of the voices. Let me hear it again. Right, one more time. Third time's the charm. Winner, Tom Chilton. Youngest ever guy to win a race in the BTCC Championship. What's that got to do? Everyone is screaming at their, their mobile phones right right now. He hasn't got it. He hasn't got he hasn't it. He hasn't got it. All right, I'm, okay, I'm going to tell you that this, so the what part of this question, the answer kick it is up. this is when you were picked by Richard Hammond on Top Gear to be on his team for uh, a challenge. Now, you can claw back some questions, you can claw back some points here. What was the challenge and what was the car? So you were picked. Car. Yeah. Oh, if it was a car, then it, with Hammond, it would have been the car football. Yes. And then what was the car? What was the type of car? Toyota Ego. And I was on the blue yes. team, which won 2-1. There we go. You <laughs> clawed it back there. How did you not recognise Richard Hammond and James May? Oh, I couldn't recognise their... their- uh, it's not a great quality, mate. Oh, oh it's the speakers. Don't blame the quality. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing our best on the lockdown scenario. Um, okay, right. You're looking good, though. It's not too shabby. This is your bonus question, though. Good luck with this one. If you uh, if you get this, I'll be amazed. Okay, <laughs> how many points did you score in your first season of the World Touring Car Championship, according to Wikipedia? <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving this, by the way. 
74. I don't know. Oh, a bit optimistic. Uh, seven. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. You've got a seventh in Morocco and a tenth in Slovakia. So how are we looking on the okay, leaderboard? Sadly, so, not there. So let's just do the counting. Ford, I forget the Ford was the first year and that was horrendous, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm, seven, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Let's do the numbers. Three, four, five, six. Okay, Tom Chilton, you have scored eight points, which slots you just above Jack Aitken and just under Sam from Seeing Through Glass off of YouTube, which puts you in, I believe that is 14th place. So, you know, and it's a really tough leaderboard to be fair. I mean, second is joint at the moment between about four people. So uh, that's not too shabby. Ahead of Bobby Thompson, Charlie Martin, Nikki Shields and Karun Chantok and Jack Aitken. So, not bad, not bad, Tom. Not bad. How many points did Bobby Thompson get? He got seven. He got seven and I got eight. And you got eight, so you eight, beat that's, him. That's all I need to know. As long yeah. as I'm ahead of them in the quiz and the British Touring Car Championship. <laughs> <laughs> Let yeah, the yeah. social media yeah, banter begin. Good questions, boys. I, I'm really embarrassed I didn't get 2000. <laughs> A lot of uh, research went into I'm that. embarrassed uh, I didn't get Richard Hammond's voice because that was an easy... <laughs> Yeah. Points oh, there, but, no, that's yeah. what makes hey. it the toughest quiz in motorsport. You start questioning hey, yourself. It's so simple and you can get it wrong. I know, it? I know. Exactly. Well, let's give, let's give you a question you will be able to answer without any sort of issue. Um, let's uh, cast your mind back over your career. What would you say was your, your highlight, your, your real um, point where you thought, yes, I'm, I'm happy with that? What was your highlight? Oh, so many, mate. So many. Um, I could reel off like 50. Uh, but I think my biggest win in terms of the most amount of seconds I led a race by was in very low grip raining conditions where I was just me feeling the grip and dodging the puddles basically was at the twin ring Motegi circuit in Japan which we're MotoGP race Mm. Um, so we we cancelled that year's Azuka and we went to the twin ring instead and I won by 14.8 seconds in the rain that's and ridiculous. I had all the legend and, and multiple world champions behind me from Ivan Muller, Lopez, Tarquini, multiple Swedish champion, Ted Bjork. I had them all. Thiago Monterrey, X41 driver. I had everyone behind me and I pulled out 14.8 seconds in the rain. Um, it was very tricky conditions and I was just loving life. It just all came to me, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that for me was a very good win for me. Uh, as much as it wasn't as good as when I won my class and third overall at Qatar which was like the race of my life I think the, the highlight really is 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 that one in the rain in Japan randomly I just suddenly thought about it yeah oh cool that's oh. good and what Brilliant. what would you say you're good at outside of racing have you got any hidden talents is there something you're especially good at that people don't know about I think I'm quite good as a family man quite good you know, looking after the, the, the family, the children and the missus and making sure they're all happy. And I try and give them what they, they, they need all the time by giving them lots of, whether it's meals or, you know, cuddles or reading books or, you know what I mean? Like uh, being romantic. I try to be, I try to do it. I try to be a good family man. You know, that's, that's, that's me outside of racing. That's a, that's a nice answer. Are you going to get the boys mm. into motor racing? We'll see. I mean, occasionally they get excited on TV um, I think I have to wait to get a little bit older because they're 654 um, I think if they show an eye for it like as in they want it and they look like they're good I can't <laughs> know but you know I probably will be like nah you haven't got it mate you know, don't bother <laughs> nah no talent there <laughs> do something else <laughs> go get down your beer um, what are you what are you useless at though is there anything that you are completely rubbish at I'm rubbish at football. Huh, really? I am rubbish at football. I've got no sprint. So I'm like an endurance man. So the problem with football is it's like literally sprinting, like squash, sprinting left to right as fast <laughs> as you can. You know, my missus, she, she used to play in the Bammington um, girls, whatever it's called, club, uh, three hours every Saturday. And uh, I play Bammington with her. Mate, if, if we're playing like sort of four games, I usually win one out of four. <laughs> you know, like, it's a bit like this quiz, you know. Like, useless. <laughs> useless. <laughs> um, okay, I've got one that comes from uh, not me or Harry. So um, you, I think you've met my wife, Chloe, haven't you? You've, yeah. Yeah, you know Chloe. Chloe. So um, she wanted me to ask you a question. 
Um, it's not very highbrow. It's not clever. She wants to know, would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales? It's interesting because obviously I'm born in March, which makes me a Pisces. Oh, um, oh same. Pisces. So you think I should go scales, shouldn't you? Mm. You always guaranteed a, a wash, you know, you clean in the sea. But <laughs> I do like looking long distance. <laughs> I like seeing miles ahead like racing to make it all slow motion I like being on the top of a hill for a nice view and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff and so I wouldn't want to be a fish because underwater it's predominantly murky even yeah. when you go to really nice seas and Maldives you can yeah. only see I don't know 20 metres you know and then it's just mm-hmm. a mist yep. boring yep. so uh, I'd like to be for um, your world's royster you can you can do anything, can't you? With, uh, if you're an animal, you can go anywhere, do anything. You might get a bit hot and sweaty like and get in the shade occasionally. You know, might have to <laughs> lick yourself clean if you're a cat. But you know, amazing, amazing <laughs> answer. <laughs> Applause. That was brilliant. Well done, Chloe, for that, <laughs> that was, question. That was um, the best answer ever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Going off of that, then one last meal. What could it be? What would it be? Uh, roast dinner. Yeah. My roast dinner. And what the, kind of meat are you having? Uh, it has to be a really nice bit of roast beef. Mm. Oh, good answer. Yeah. I love a creamy horseradish with a good Yorkshire. Oh, good nice Yorkshire, gravy. Yeah. Oh, mate. And roast potatoes. Creamy leeks. Oh. Creamy leeks to go with it. Makes it all worthwhile when you've got your carrots and your peas and your cabbage and everything else. Oh, I am missing a pub, a roast, oh, su- yeah. a roast Sunday lunch at the pub. Yeah, I'm missing that at too. the moment. Me too. Um, it might be difficult to sort of look forward, especially at a time like this, but have you got a plan going forward for you know your career you're five years down the line? Or are you looking at other business ventures and stuff? Are you just seeing what happens and taking it as it comes? So I'm always looking to other, uh, other things like everybody. Um, mm. Motorsport is always evolving, you know, and, and like cars are evolving with these hybrids and mm. electric cars, and then that eventually go on to hydrogen cells and the rest of it. Like it's always evolving. Um, so I'm very much eyes are open to all options. Um, Do you think there'll ever be a, like an electric touring car championship? Well, there is sort of there are plans for that, aren't there? But I think there are plans for electric touring yeah. car championship, and I will always keep my options open to, mm. to race anything. Um, I am very happy with BTC Racing. I'm very happy in the Honda FK chassis. It's a great car to drive, and I can't wait to get back in the car and race it. And I will do everything I can to stay there for as long as I possibly can. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, motorsport's always changing and new things come around. And, you know, if a new manufacturer comes on board and wants to, you know, pay good money, you're not really going to say no, are you? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a family to feed and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. So it's just life, isn't it? It's quite mm-hmm. a fickle world, motorsport, sadly. Um, you know, even when you find all the all the right guys and the right team, and you want to stay there forever, someone offers you you know half a million quid to go and race them for a year. You're not going to go. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that's what it's like, really. Um, mm. But it's it's um, outside of motorsport. I am looking to set up a new company at the moment, um, and uh, looking to do some filming. Um, trying Ooh. to set up a production company. Um, got some ideas in the pipeline at the moment, but just right. all um, ticked off and signed off uh, in these tough times at the moment. Yeah, but I think that's the, that's the future for me outside of motorsport is is doing some more sort of filming and uh, having a laugh. You know, I like having a laugh um, and doing what I love at the same time. As much as I do that with motorsport, I think if I can do it while um, in front of a camera even better you know because I, I, I'm not going to stay young and healthy forever so you need to start getting something slowly in the pipeline for when mm. you get older to, to get into um, we've got three guests which we are uh, three guests three questions which we ask all our guests uh, Harry do you want to kick off? yeah number one what's got you excited at the moment? at the thought of coronavirus disappearing and isolation over yes yes <laughs> good answer <Positive> thoughts. <laughs> uh, number two if not doing what you're doing racing what would you be doing um if i wasn't a racing driver i would oh man it's such a hard one i don't know because i've been doing it since such a young age yeah I'd either be talking in front of a whole load of people um, or I would be sailing or racing something. I don't know. <laughs> something. 
I need an adrenaline buzz. You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be uh, an accountant then. Uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't be an accountant, mate. Uh, and sorry for anyone who's listening is an accountant. Yeah. Excellent job, and I need you Very as good well. Job. Yeah, yeah, we all um, need them. We all need them. Um, for me, it would have to be more outdoor-based, so whether it was anything from gardening or or designing gardens or, or being outside, basically. I love being outside and working outside. Um um, I think I would have done like racing on a boat, sailing boat. I quite like sailing. Yeah. Um, I like the buzz of it. Um, and it's quite peaceful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going to be Pisces. I want to get close to that water again. Those scales. You can't see far underwater. So you want fur. Yeah. You really want feathers is the king. Cause then you can fly where the hell you want. You know, feathers is the key. Yeah. It's a good point. <laughs> very, very good point. Very good point. Uh, our final question for you, if Harry can put himself together, <laughs> just imagining like just, a whole debate topic of an hour being like, okay, fur, scales, or feathers. I think we could for. easily fill an hour with um, that. <laughs> feathers. Feathers. feathers that, I mean, you make, you make a valid point. Yeah, if you can fly, you've, you've won. Um, okay, final question for you. What are you scared of, birds? I'm scared of uh, vicious dogs. Right, yeah. Pretty much all cats which want to jump and land on you and put their claws in your legs. Oh, I'm I've got two cats. I've got two cats. No, no, no. No, no, no not in your that. house. I tried that and I ended up leaving. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I, I'm not... I, I love animals. I love what they they do to other people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I say do to... like. It's great the kids can stroke them and it's great yeah yeah the, the happy memories they bring right. oh, yeah guys are great people who are blind yeah there's loads of really big positives but i just don't want them in my house <laughs> now you open the door and you go this house stinks a dog there's fur yeah, actually that's true that, well harry's got a dog in, in i've got a black lab but he molts so his fur just as soon as you touch as soon as you touch him like this black hair all over the floor yeah. and then you've got to hoover it up and, and i've got two cats and they just make you sneeze they make you sneeze. That's what I was about to say. If you have these cats and they make you sneeze. Yeah. If, if you've got black fur, you drop your white towel out of the shower and then you've got black feral on it. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's a nightmare, but... Third world the... problems, mate, first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about coronavirus, but yeah. mate, uh, Get house. the fur off my towel. Oh, Come on. Yeah. Where are my feathers? <laughs> oh, dear. God. Tom Chilton, thank you so much for taking the time to come to our show. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Cheers, boys. Thank well, you. It's enjoyable. Motor mouth over and out. Thank you so so much for listening to the Motormouth podcast. Do make sure you give us a follow on our socials, Twitter at Motormouth underscore Instagram at Motormouth underscore official and on Facebook, just search Motormouth. You can download the Motormouth app where you can get exclusive video content from MMTV, create your own social profile and interact with others and check up on all the latest happenings with whatever motorsport takes your fancy. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review. And until next time, you've been listening to the Motormouth podcast. We here at Motormouth are a small, independent team. Since starting this podcast just over a year ago, we're reaching over 15,000 of you across 30 countries around the world. And we want to bring the biggest names in motorsport to you. Find out about their lives and careers and have a chat about whatever is going on in the motorsport world. We are determined to carry on producing these episodes. However, they do come at a cost. From securing guests to equipment and editing software and expanding the podcast and app, that's why we've set up a Patreon page where you can help us to carry on doing what we do. There are three levels at which you can contribute, starting from £5 a month to £10 or £20. Each tier allows you slightly different levels of access. Depending on which one you choose, you can enjoy early access to podcast episodes, exclusive member benefits, merchandise, shout-outs, and your chance to feature on one of our shows. Any support you can give us is massively appreciated and will help us grow and continue to bring cool content to race fans all over the world.